For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. You might need a little bit of therapy along the way, too. Welcome to the Pile Perspective. I'm your host, Chris Pyle. And tonight, we're going to talk about something that I don't know everything about, but I'm learning a little bit of something about something. And I've been thinking about this episode for a little bit. I think it's going to be titled something along the lines of uh, self-psychology. And where I'm going with that is we all have these cycles, okay? And uh, an important thing here to, to get out of these slumps that we keep finding ourselves in, to get out of doing the same thing over and over and over. Maybe it's you keep finding yourself in the same position over and over. It might be in relationships or with jobs or just life in general. Maybe it's your faith. You know, more importantly, that's what we're talking about is our faith. You know, I seem to, for years and years and years, go through this, this continuous cycle of getting all fired up about the Lord and staying in my Bible. And when you get in those times, things are going tremendous and great and wonderful. And then something happens or you skip a day and one day turns into a week and this, that, and other. Before you know it, it's been a month and you haven't really even thought about God that much. And it just seems like things are falling apart and you don't know what to do. You don't know how to get back to where you were. That's your cycle. And I've done it too. And I ain't gonna, I'm not going to say that uh, I am totally immune to this. It's something I'm still learning. But if, there, if I can bestow any knowledge upon and help you try to stop this cycle, hey, that's what I'm here to do, bud. So how do we do that? Okay, we have to recognize what our cycles are. You know, and what I know for me for a long time, just like I just said, get all fired up. And then fall and feel like crap and then slowly churning and chugging and chugging and getting ourselves back to where we need to be in quotation marks here. And then we feel good again. Okay. When when we are in that cycle and doing that thing, the most important thing I would probably say there is that we are not walking in our faith. We're not. Because we let worry distract us. We let worry bring us down or whatever it might be. Maybe it's sex or drugs or alcohol. You stay clean or whatever from, I mean, I've struggled with all these things too, but you stay clean from these things for a little while. You give in one day and then boom, you're in the dumps. You succumb to whatever your weakness is. And now you're in the dumps again and you got to dig and claw your way back out. Well, let me tell you something. There is no license here for sin. There is no, there's no get out of jail free card. There's no, you can, you know, your salvation just relies on God and you can just do whatever you want to do and whatever happens, happens. That's really not what he intended here. Like, I do believe wholeheartedly that when you really tap in to who you are, and how he sees you. I mean, who you really are. Who does God say you are? He calls you son. Jesus calls you friend, brother. I mean, when you really grasp that and take a hold of that, 
it'll start changing how you look at some things. It'll, I really do believe that it'll start making you more aware of uh, the temptations that come along and the things that are trying to trip you up, you know, and I'm not one of them people. They're like, well, the devil got me today. No, pretty much all the devil really has to do is maybe help wake us up every now and then, and we can destroy things ourselves pretty well. But anyway, our self-psychology here, we need to become more aware of where we're going before we get there, okay? So let's say you're doing really well. You're doing really good. And I will tell you this, when you start doing really well and you're going after God, really, you know, your whole heart, Everything you got, you're giving it your all, you're in the Bible, you're consuming the word, you're praying, and you're just really connected and doing good. Expect an attack to come. Just expect it. You know, if you expect it, when it happens, you'll be ready for it. But if you get so arrogant as to believe that you're going to be able to stay on the mountaintop and something not try to push you off, well, then you're being a little too arrogant and you're not really being prepared for battle. There's a reason he tells us to put on this battle outfit, if you will, because we are to expect challenges to come. We're, we're to expect a battle to happen. Okay? So let's say you're doing real good. Well, if you're expecting, I ain't saying you live every day and worry because Scripture tells us we are not to worry. Um, let me see what it says right here. Um. Do not worry. This is in uh, Matthew 6, 31 through 34. It says, do not worry. Then saying, what will we eat or what will we drink? What will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows what you need, all these things. But first seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Well, Chris, you just told me to stay aware that battles were coming, but you want me to not worry. Yeah, that's exactly what I just said. The scripture tells us both of those things. So how are we supposed to do that? Maybe this is how. You know, this is just my input here. If you're aware that a battle is going to come and you've got on your, your full outfit, you got the word, you got the righteousness, you know, you know who you are in Christ. You got all these things going for you, right? And then something dramatic happens, whether you lose your job or somebody starts talking smack about you, you know, smearing your name or whatever. If you're really embedded into these truths, it's going to dictate how you respond to those things. And then sometimes how we respond to something will help us fall. You know, because I'm I have a high head when it comes to like people I care about and stuff like that. And if if I feel like one of them are getting um, attacked, then I kind of take it personally. And my first train of thought is, well, we can go take care of this. We can go talk to them like a man and do this face to face or whatever. We can we can keep them from running their mouth. You know, that is physically a possibility. <laughs> but if I let myself get Deep into that thought, I will be consumed by it. And that's our problem. We get we get something come up, and then we get consumed with the possibilities. More than likely, the things are never going to happen. Have you ever saw the Will Smith video 
I think this is fitting here. The Will Smith video where he's talking about skydiving. If you ain't ever seen it, go look it up on YouTube. I'm going to rush through it just to give you the point. But he does a way better job at telling his story because, hey, it's his story. But anyway, he tells a story about how him and all his friends were out having fun one night. And he started talking about going skydiving. And he didn't want to be the only one to be a wuss or whatever. So he's like, sure, I'll go skydiving with you. And then all that night, he starts getting worried about having to go skydiving the next day. He's so worried, he's sick, he didn't sleep or any of that. He gets there, everybody shows up after he was hoping nobody would show up. He's worried, sick, and he's just in turmoil here, worried about having to jump out of this perfectly good airplane. They get up in the airplane, they get up there, and he's worried and worried. You know, long story short, he is terrified up until the point that he jumps out of the door of the plane. And then it's the most beautiful thing he's ever you know, when he actually had something to be afraid of, the worry was gone and it was beautiful. Well, that's what we do a lot of times when these things pop up in our lives. Whether, um, like I said, a breakup or somebody's talking smack or you lose your job or whatever, your first instinct is to go to, oh my God, how am I going to deal with this? Well, you're not supposed to. Oh my God. How am I ever going to live without this person? Well, probably because you are a complete person on your own and a completed creation by your father. Oh my gosh, I lost my job. How am I going to pay my bills? No, well, scripture tells us that the birds of the sky don't worry about what they're going to eat. God takes care of them. And how much more important are you than the birds of the sky and the flowers of the field? That's how we overcome these things. Are we always going to do it? Probably not. You know, that's when you get into the whole getting an infrastructure around you of people that will remind you of these things. And, you know, the last thing we want to hear when we're having trouble is somebody tell you, well, pray about it. Well, that is exactly what you need to do. It is like a very big Christian cop-out thing that we do is, well, you just need to pray about it. We say that a lot. We kind of throw it on whatever problem somebody comes to us with. We, we're kind of guilty of that, yeah. But it's honestly the truth, you know, but in reality, you need to be doing a different type of prayer than what you're used to if you've always done it before and it didn't work. Okay. If if your prayer don't feel like it's working, one of two things are happening or one of a few things are happening here, depending on the situation. Sometimes you might need to stay in a particular situation until you learn what you need to learn. And then maybe... You won't get in that situation again. Sometimes we're just putting up faithless prayers, just saying the words and going through the motions. God knows our heart. He knows the meaning behind what we're praying. So this would be my challenge is to pray for a transformed heart and mind to desire nothing but the will of God for your life. And then all that stuff will, will seem to change. And when it comes to your own little cycles and, and recognizing your psychology, that is what you do. When the situation arises that tries to trip you up and stomp you into the mud, you stop for a moment and realize God has got all this in control. It is not beyond his repair, no matter how messed up you think it is. It is not beyond his repair. It is not beyond his understanding and how he may repair 
or turn something around or whatever, it may be out of your understanding, but you're not called to understand everything God does. You're called to have faith that he's going to do what he promised you he would do. And the thing he promises that he'd never, he'd never leave us. You know, and in Hebrews 3, 5, it says, uh, make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. I think that little piece of scripture right there, free from the love of money, being content. That right there, being content with what you have. We all want stuff and things and have a, you know, awesome, fun life. But it's going to come with some downfalls every now and then. And sometimes our whole attitude will change if we just learn to be content with what we have. We can hope for more, but be content with what you have. So when these situations arise, recognize your pattern. Whether you get stressed at work or somebody talks smack or whatever, and your first response is to drink a 12-pack of beer. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you drinking a beer is wrong because I don't think it is. I like drinking beer sometimes. I'll have a couple beers. But if you're doing it to numb something out, there's a problem. You're self-medicating is what they say now. I'm not going to sit here and throw rocks at you for drinking a beer. But if that's part of your cycle, maybe you don't need to do it. It has been part of mine before. And I had to recognize that. Now I know when things get really, really stressed or, or really jacked up, I can't go to that. Because it's really easy to be like, well, I have control. I can have one or two and it'd be okay. And the next thing you know, you're drunk. And, and first of all, when it comes to that, whoever, this foolish idea that that we can do a drug or drink some whatever or have sex with whoever. And when it's all over and done with, the problem we were stressing about won't be waiting for us on the other side of that. Man, that is straight up ridiculous. Because it will be. You know, that, that train of thought kept me in prison to nicotine for years and years and years. I'm glad to say now. I think it's been about six months now. It's been a while. At least five months, I've been completely nicotine-free. You know, I quit smoking six years ago, but completely nicotine-free for about six months now. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've been off of it for, you know, years and years, so I'm going to stand up here on my nicotine-free soapbox and judge everybody. No, that's not the case. But God will transform the desires of your heart and renew your mind in things that you thought would never be possible before are now possible. Ask for him to show you your cycles. And it really will put things in perspective. If you, you know, there's no harm in doing a little bit of scientific study on some stuff. And I just learned it like a couple of years ago. Like you've heard a lot of my story, how I grew up and all that. Like, you know that the human brain is still developing up until you're 26 years old. In any drama or trauma any of that that is experienced before that can actually 
determine how your brain functions and thought patterns and processes and all this stuff that you go through is kind of molded by the stuff you experience growing up. So I think that's why scripture tells us be, you know, be, have the renewing of your mind because we're going to go through some crap and it's going to change how we think about things and how we process things. We need to be renewed. We need that to be changed. But I think learning that helps me look back and see, okay, well, I think this way because of this, this, that, and the other. And I was able to dissect stuff and figure out why I thought the way I thought about things and, and why I reacted certain ways. In reality, I was programmed to. I'm not going to blame it on parents or anything like that, just by the world, by the circumstances of growing up the way I grew up. I was programmed to think a certain way and to behave a certain way and to react to things a certain way. And there's still a reprogramming going on. It's not an overnight thing. This much stuff messed up? No, it takes a minute to get it all rewired. But he will rewire it, and he has been rewiring it. You'll you'll start finding yourself reacting completely different to situations than you would have reacted in the past. Now, if somebody calls you some curse word or whatever, instead of jumping out wanting to fight... You kind of blow it off. <laughs> You're ridiculous, whatever. You're acting like an idiot. You're reacting how I would have reacted a year or two ago or more. It's easier to let that stuff go. So, yeah, I'm not going to ramble on too long. We just need to we need to give a little more thought into why we do and think the things we do and think. And then really, really... Take those things to the to the throne of God and be like, dude, I know you can call him father, daddy, whatever. Sometimes I call him dude. Dude, I this is I know this is messed up. I don't want to be this way no more. So if by doing this or thinking that, reacting this way is is got me acting a fool, then Lord Please help me change these things. You change these things. And if I need to learn something before you change it, then give me that wisdom and let's get let's get on with this thing, you know? I know your will for me. I know what you have desired for me. You do not desire for me to be this. So show me how to get where you intend for me to be. You created me to be a certain type of man. Let's get there. If you're a woman and listen to this, just change the word. <laughs> Lord, you have, you know, you have designed me to be this woman. Help me get to be in her. Because I know that her, man, she looks great. And I ain't talking about just physically. I'm talking about she's Got her head on her shoulder. She's not all vague booking and trying to get attention because the attention of her father sustains her plenty. That same thing can go for guys too. You don't have to. You, you suddenly find yourself not needing to be like people that grew up like me, trying to be a tough guy or whatever. You suddenly find yourself, I don't need 
to come off as the toughest guy in the room anymore. If anything, I know that ruins me being approachable by people that may want to see or hear about what I have and, and know when it comes to our faith. So they, uh, I, don't, I don't want that rock in the way. I want them to be able to approach me. So that's it. Just 20 minutes tonight. <sighs> if you have any questions, holler at me. You can reach me at uh, Chris Powell at Facebook. Same name, at 80 at the end on the Instagrams. And um, give me some feedback. And please like and share these posts. Have a good one.